Greetings. Thank you again for joining HBCU News Podcast. Everyone, we see you. We see you out there liking, sharing, subscribing on social media uh, and all podcast platforms. We are available. Tonight is our episode five of the week. So we've had a lot of different people uh, request and join to be interviewed for their business, which is very exciting kicking off 2020. So tonight we have a special guest by the name of Christian Sargent. She has a wonderful business and you guys are going to learn more from her, from her. So Christian, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, just introduce, you know, people where you're located, what you guys do and uh, all that good jazz. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I definitely appreciate the opportunity and the platform to share with your audience as well as new listeners um, to make them aware of our business and our brand. Um, my name is Christian Sargent. I am the CEO and co-founder of Vicky Cakes Pancake and Waffle Mix. It is a pancake and waffle mix company, um, but it is my mother's 40-year pancake and waffle mix, well, pancake recipe, which I then went in and, you know, did the measurements to make it a waffle mix as well, because that's a different variation of ingredients. But um, yeah, it is my mother who is Vicky. It is her pancake mix recipe. Uh, me and my siblings grew up on it, and I decided to package it and launch it on Mother's Day of 2019 as a gift to my mother. And we've just been rocking and rolling since then, shipping all over the world and changing the breakfast industry with one pancake at a time. And we're based out of uh, the DFW area, Dallas-Fort Worth. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, that is amazing. A launch on Mother's Day for your mom. Wow. That, that, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I guess I want to get more into the backstory. Uh, I see it's a healthy option for people. I think that's beneficial, you know, especially to the black community. What, uh, Absolutely. You know, what makes this, uh, you know, what makes it so special? And like I guess you said, you grew up on it, you know, give us some more of that backstory. Okay. So, um, I am the youngest of four, and my mother was a single mom. So when her, when her and my father got divorced, I was about two years old, and she literally had, you know, like most single parents have to do, you have to get out there, you have to make it work. Um, the good thing about us and for, for us with my mother was that she was a great cook. She was born and raised in Cleveland, Mississippi by her grandmother who was an amazing cook. And so she got those skills and she, you know, was able to make anything out of the basics. And so this was a part of that. Um, she couldn't afford to take me and my three siblings out to Denny's or to IHOP um, all the time for breakfast on the weekends, hardly ever. Actually, I'm not going to say all the time. It just wasn't something that we even indulged in, but this was something that was hers. It was her own recipe. It was basic ingredients and it became a staple for our family. It was something that we all looked forward to. Um, it was something that other people <laughs> looked forward to. Um, I'm from Gary, Indiana, which is the hometown of the late King of Pop, Michael Jackson. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> so I um, it's always a pleasure like to just be able to hear other people's stories of how they enjoy my mom's pancakes. Like some of the stories that I've gotten, which I'll share one in a minute, but it's, it's stories that are like from people who have memories attached to the feel and the, you know, the vibe and the love that Vicky always, people back home call her Auntie Vicky, that Auntie Vicky always made everybody feel at home. Like it didn't matter if you came over to get your hair pressed, 
It didn't matter, you know, if you came over, you know, for some prayer. She had all of that, plus you weren't leaving without eating. So it was always just a good feeling around the table. And that's why our slogan is the heart of breakfast, bringing families back to the table with the heart of breakfast. Um, because that's what we want to do. We want to bring families and the people that you love, even if, even if that's your friends, you know, or new people you may meet and incorporate them into your life, that's your family. So I do have a cousin who shared a story after we launched, which I had never heard his story, but he said that one, one weekend he and his sister came over to stay with us. And um, he, he got over and he said, my mom didn't make pancakes that Saturday they, they woke up. And he said he was so hurt. Like, he wanted to know, like, why Auntie Vicky didn't make pancakes. And so he said he was so bothered by it that she promised him that she would make pancakes for lunch or dinner or whatever. So he said she made it right, and she ended up making the pancakes before they left, you know, to go back home that day. But the point is that's what people look forward to. And that's the anchor of it. You know, it is wholesome. It is, you know, good ingredients, no artificial preservatives, no artificial flavors or colors. Um, It's just, you know, what you can enjoy knowing that your family is eating something that didn't sit on shelves for months, you know, with uh, powdered milk or powdered eggs, you know, in it. It is 100% vegan friendly, which is something that we definitely hang our hat on. Um, knowing that those additives aren't in the bag. It's not in the product. So it makes it something that is universal for all lifestyles to enjoy. You can add your own, you know, alternatives. You can add soy milk, coconut milk. Um, uh, What's the other one that's really popular that other people use? They're just, you know, other alternatives. Almond milk. Yeah, almond milk, people use that as well. And then we have um, people that use egg alternatives. You can use uh, yogurt. You can use applesauce as an egg alternative. So it's a way to really educate consumers about the lifestyle choices and um, to do that and they not have to give up certain things they enjoyed. You know, when they, oh, man, I can't use eggs, so what can I use? Well, now I have to be educated because I want my consumer to get the best out of the product. So it's really been a great journey. Um, to to add all of the components to get an override overall brand that so many can enjoy. Wow, wow, that's amazing. That's an amazing back background story. And yeah, shout out to everybody from you know that's in the Indiana area. That that's awesome. Yes, to hear that. So for my for my next question, uh, you know, you, you 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 from what I'm hearing, you have great business acumen. What have you always been in business? Did you go to college for business by chance? Uh, you know, what's your background? <laughs> My background is psychology. So um, it's not really business focused, but it is people focused. Um, it is, of course, understanding the relationship between humans and the mind and the relationship that happens, you know, and that flows from within. And so everything starts your connections and your understanding and your engagement with other people is going to be psychology focused because that's how we all operate first. And so that's the good thing about it. I'm not a business. This is my first official run at business. I'll say that I've had other things I've enjoyed doing, but this is a passion. And so I can talk about it in depth and truly have an understanding of what it is I'm doing and what the vision is because the vision is casted. I've I've cast the vision so plainly because I know 
what the industry needs, and I know what we're meeting in that industry. Like, I have fully mapped out our purpose. But my husband, on the other hand, <laughs> he is the businessman. So he's a serial entrepreneur, and uh, he's in branding and marketing, which he has built our entire brand. He does all of our graphics. He built our website. Um, he shoots our commercials and our promos and our videos and everything. And so I'm truly blessed in a partner with him to be able to have all of that in-house because he has saved us tens of thousands of dollars um, at this point for building out what we believe truly is, you know, a national brand and something that can just be cast worldwide and people connect to it. And we get it all the time. Oh my God, like how long have you guys been doing this? It looks so, you know, official and it looks so, you know, mature. And we're like, well, he's been in a long, he builds brands for a living. So he kind of knows how to make this, you know, come together um, to where it's not an amateur, you know, thing. It's not an amateur approach, but it's definitely being able to present it to the audience as something that they can trust and something they can connect to and the cohesive feel um, for you to feel like you're a part of something big. So no, I'm not business by, by study, but I have definitely gained so much knowledge from him and all that he's accomplished in his business efforts. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's actually right. I talked to a lot of businesses about that and that's good that you have that information, you know, to get started and, you know, to really hit the ground running. People, a lot of times they think it's a lot, a lot of money to get things going, but with the internet now we can leverage, you know, our resources, you know, more so much. Yes. And uh, a lot of people in our community don't know, but I, you know, I'll get more into, you know, myself a little bit later. So you hear more of my background, but, uh, awesome. yeah. but yeah, that's awesome. So uh, for my next question, I, uh, I like the fact that, you know, you talked a little bit, it touched on health. Uh, is your, one of your guys' company's goals is to, you know, help change in a way, you know, this is something, you know, a lot of black people eat, you know, weekly, I would, I would guess, mm -hmm. uh, you know, change their, their healthy, you know, help change their eating habits. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is important to us, um, like just going through our uh, nutritional facts and realizing, you know, the low sugar, the, the no cholesterol, like it's so basic to keep it the way that we have it to where people can, like I said earlier, they can fit it into any dietary, you know, format for them. Um, because the additive, you know, that's what makes things so unhealthy for us. You could take the most, you could take broccoli, for example, and if you steam it, <laughs> you steam the hell out of it. <laughs> and it's, like a darker green than the vibrant, you know, fresh color that it is with the nutrients in it. And you can drain the nutrients out of anything. You can add cheese and butter and salt to anything. And of course, it's going to please your taste, but it's not going to be healthy for you. And so that is the focus for us with our product, knowing that, because we've had people ask us, you know, um, buyers and, and retailers, can you change this? And have you thought about adding this? And would you ever do a complete, you know, pancake mix, which complete is add water only because it has the powdered milk and the powdered eggs in it? Well, no, that's not anything that we ever plan on doing with our brand. Because at that point, it blocks off certain people who are actively trying to be aware of what they're taking in. And you want to give that power to the consumer. Like there's just so much on the market now where the consumer is literally leading the charge on what they want to take in, you know, like 
the, the market is listening to the buyer. Whereas in the past, the buyer just bought whatever the, the industry put out. But now we have control. We are able to use the, you know, use social media and the internet as a platform to say, you know, the Golden Globes was just an entire vegan menu. Like, I don't even know if people are aware of that. Like, I'm not even a vegan. But now that I have a vegan product, I have to educate myself. So I know that this is reaching higher, you know, heights than what we've ever been prone to be aware of. And so in our community, we definitely have to know vegan doesn't always mean you can't enjoy anything or you're just giving up your whole life. You know, it can just be exchanging two weeks or 30 days of this lifestyle to cleanse yourself you know, these toxins, and then give yourself a fresh start, you know, and so this is just one of those items that you can still incorporate, you can still have a good breakfast, you know, with your vegan sausage, and your egg beaters, and your pancakes, and you can feel good about it, um, you don't have to, you know, be sitting up eating cardboard, you know, rice cakes, and all of that, I don't want that for you, <laughs> So this helps a lot for our community and for other people who want to take on something better for themselves and still feel good in the process, enjoy what they're eating. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I like the way, you know, you painted that picture for everyone. And I never thought about that. Like they do have all these other options and breakfast, but you never really heard about tackling on, you know, the main, you know, the main piece of, you know, of, I guess the bread. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. For, for my next question, uh, I would say, you know, what, what is like your guys' overall, like, arching goal impact, I guess, uh, you know, with your, with your business? Like, what are you guys trying to do? All right. So this excites me. Um, <laughs> overall, the vision and the plan is to flat out replace Aunt Jemima as the number one selling pancake and waffle mix brand on the market. Okay. Now for some, that is a tall feat, and it is. It really is, but it's one that does not intimidate us as a brand or me because, one, I know the product. I know well, when you're in, in a market that is, you know, already dominated, um, you have to know that you have a superior brand, and that is a fact. Like, that's something that I wake up knowing and I go to sleep knowing and I, I flow through my whole day with that confidence and that factual information. It doesn't take a lot for somebody to put something out there when competition is low and rock it. You know what I'm saying? Like when Aunt your Mama started in the, what, the 1700s, 1800s, they didn't have a lot of competition. So like literally my husband and I have done the research, like they, it was two brothers that had like a, um, uh, uh, they, they had something with flour. They had like a meal and they had like a lot of extra flour. And so they literally just started making pancake mix because they didn't have anything to do with all the extra flour that they had on hand. And so when you think about it, there's not like a true secret recipe to Aunt Jemima. It's just, we had a lot of this left over. Let's do something with it. And the competition was low in that area back then. Right. Now, all of these years have progressed and nobody else on the market is trying to really compete with that. They're just creating different variations of healthy or better pancake mix. So with that, I mean, like you have brands that will come out with gluten-free, like a whole lot of gluten-free pancake mix only. Like you don't have any regular flour, just all gluten. And that is like an, an, 
a niche, you know, market, a niche market because you're only talking to gluten-free people. But with our product, I'm, we're saying, look, Anchamami is the same regular flour in a box, right, with powdered egg and milk, only add water, and you might be able to figure out the science on the side of that box that tells you to add this much to this much, this much water to this much mix. And you're probably still going to get a dense pancake that you have to doctor up to make pleasurable. And you're never going to use all the mix in that box. You know, like, <laughs> that's, what they're, that's what they're able to push. And so for us, we're like, okay, well, let's, let's put some facts and figures in the, in the machine here. My mother has a bomb recipe. You know, like, if we can brand it right and get the story out there in the imagery of, like, a true anchor of what family is and people actually not having to do extra work to enjoy a quality product, then I'm not understanding there's not a comparison. It's just about access and exposure. And so we understand what the key points are and what we have to do to get that access and that exposure. And so the more people can taste it and the more people can say, that's why we're like so heavy on posting our feedback and reviews because it matters. People have to taste it in order to believe it. And so when you have people saying, this is the fluffiest pancake I've ever had. This is the best. Like, this is delicious. Oh my God. Like Vicky cut up with this. Like we hear it all the time. Like people refer to my mom now, like they know her, you know, like Vicky got down. And I'm like, you don't know her on a first name basis. But if you say she did, go ahead and buy it. Like, you know, it's one of those kind of things where people have to, you know, eat it, digest it. And then they're just like, heck yeah. Like, what is, what is this? Like, this is amazing. And so we know that that is what our focus is. Get that access and that exposure, let people taste it, and then answer mommy, you can still stay on the shelf. I don't have no problem with you being next to us, but you just won't get the same sales that you were getting because instead of you having the leverage of using an African-American face and a character, mm. which is highly offensive to me, um, and I have a big issue with that. Like black, Like, for me, I think that that was like one of the leading things. Like I remember one day specifically going off on an entire tangent on the phone with my husband one day, like if, if they want to play and have a black face, you know, on the shelf, I'll give them a real black woman. Like, I mean, me and my mama, like we're two real black people. Like you can't take the likeness of a culture and then build an entire multi-million dollar brand off of it. And no black person is really attached to it. Like, I feel like that's offensive. And that is the very definition of culture appropriation. And so we are attached to good food. We are attached to cooking skills. We have provided nutrients and we have invested and made sure that we know what goes with what, what flavor profiles go together to make something bomb. Like people look to us for good food. And so I see that as something where you guys literally just took that woman's image. You paid an ex-slave, a free slave to be the face of your brand. And then you changed it year after year after year with a different woman. As that one passed, you got another woman to do it and another woman. And, you know, it's not, it's not palatable for me. And so when I think of what an industry should be, if that's going to be the representation, let me give you a real woman that really worked hard, that really used the basics to make something phenomenal and that has built a story and has given a life to providing for not only her family, but other people that still remember it. And let's put her on the shelf and let's, you know, open doors for other African-Americans in business and that want opportunities to be in distribution 
with their great delicious recipes too. So that is our overall, you know, goal. Sorry to go over, but I can't no, pass no, it. No, 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 you know? no, 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 you had Nike and you had Popeyes, right? Mm-hmm. So with Nike and Popeyes, their biggest driving factor, which is interesting in 2019, were black people, right? Mm-hmm. And what they did is they, I mean, this is the same recipe like you're saying, and even dates back with this old company, you know, Anjumana, that's owned by Quaker Oats, right? That's Quaker Oats? That Correct. Means? Okay. Yeah, it's PepsiCo Quaker, yes. Yep, they do. Oats is the main holding company. Okay, but Quaker Oats is the is the owner, but the main the main probably the main majority owner is PepsiCo, but it's all PepsiCo at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right? So yep. it's old white man. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs> yes. Let's be real. I'm I'm very I'm very like straight up. Uh, straight straight uh, up. That's right. So, with that being said, where do you see our community bending off of it, or really because you see it works for white, big Fortune 500 companies, right? Where do you mm-hmm. really see, I guess, positioning your business if you want to make it easier that way, but where do you really see our culture benefiting really off of our culture in the business sense? We're always the face, right? But this is something mm-hmm. that I feel like our community really needs to attack. So I'd like to hear your take on that. Okay, so for me, I see us benefiting I don't, now, let me ask you for clarification. Do you mean benefiting off of? Our brand, mm-hmm. off of our brand, our position. I mean, and even our face, our faces and our culture, rather it's music, rather it's our identity, really our identity, right? Let's say that our identity yes. is being used for Fortune 500 companies benefits where a lot of money sometimes, let's be real, is not given back to our community. There are there are some out there, uh, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. let's, I will keep it real with you doing a lot let's be real yeah they're not okay so for me i believe that the way that we end up benefiting off of our own is genuinely having the attitude of i'm going to do whatever i have to do to get to my end goal now by that that means not blocking off or capping yourself at just one one approach or one one way of doing things. And so I say this with like, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, This Is It by Michael Jackson, like the final production that he was going to do on tour. But the documentary, he every time he corrected a musician, he would say with love at the end. So they didn't take offense. So that's how I like to say stuff. So people understand. So I'm saying this with love. A lot of the times we're not willing, and I say this for, as African-Americans, when I say we, we're not willing to play the same game to get the same results. We want to, the hardball game is fine. It's, it's cool to play it once you have the power to play it. Now, you have to first prove that you have to prove the value. So, like, right now, the work that we're doing to prove the value, like, I know that we have a superior product, but the rest of the world doesn't know that. I know that we have a superior product, but 
the people that I may that may want to one day acquire our brand may not know that because just like okay, Quaker PepsiCo now they created on whatever Answer Mama, there may be we 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 blow up the way that this thing on my vision board to blow up, then somebody may come calling, knocking on our door, emailing or whatever, like, how much do you want? Because, like, you guys are disrupting the industry right now. Like, there's so much going on that y'all are selling so much. Y'all the top seller in Walmart. You're the top seller in Target and Kroger. And we are hearing about you. Like, how much would you take for us just to buy it all from you? Well, now I know my worth, so you need to back up. Like, that's not happening. So it's almost like you have to, you have to literally go with the flow. Like, and by that, I mean, you can't block yourself off and only want support from one social group or culture, knowing that you need a long-term plan. Like, you need a long-term stake in the game. So, like, while I, I love our people, like, I want, that's, that's what I'm doing this for. So I can be like, hey, we have a manufacturing facility, and I'm hiring all African-Americans. Like, that is my goal, like, for me to build that up, to, like, build y'all 401ks, have great health benefits, you know, like, uh, a week vacation all for every major holiday, like, the whole factory shutdown. Like, that's, the, that's what I want to be able to do. But in order to get to that, I have to see the bigger picture and say I can't isolate myself and only plan to get there just from one one side of society. Because while you you my people understand my struggle, they're not always going to be that willing to give me the money. You know what I'm saying? Like Popeyes and Nike are big as they are because of us. But think about another chicken joint in the hood that right. ain't made it to Popeyes spot yet. It's like 20 of them joints. Like in Gary, <laughs> like I go when I go back to Gary, Indiana, it's to eat. When me and my sister like go back home from Texas, we have a food budget. Like I don't want to shop. I don't want to go to no movies. I want to go to the mall. I want to go eat because that's what a food is. There are some of the best chicken and shrimp and fish joints with fries and, and sauce on it. They have the best chicken joints, but ain't none of them on Popeyes level. So you explain to me how have we made a picture. How, how have we envisioned seeing those small joints and not wanting to help them, like, maximize the return on investment? Like, they're getting up every day. They're, they know who their wholesalers are to buy that chicken. They know the wholesalers for their grease, for their flour, for their season. They have the business acumen because they've been doing it for years on their same corner. But they don't have another location. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not out here franchising or nothing. And so that's when you have to internally look at yourself and your community and say, how much do we value what we say we want opportunities to increase our value for? Like if I'm an investor in, in, in real estate or property and I come into a city and I'm like, they have a lot of chicken joints, but they're all different. Like there's a JJ's, there's a Sharks, you know, chicken joint, you know, there's a, a, a Roscoe's just throwing it out there. You know, there's all of these different, but none of them are franchises. There's not multiples of them in this city. And Popeyes, there's multiple Popeyes in the city. So when you think about the model that we often have, it's just to just to be in business, but it's not to increase and to take over. And so our mindset has to change first. That's why my mind my mindset is not to be um something that just pop up during the summer at farmers markets. Like you're not gonna put that on me. I don't have time to be setting up tables and tents 
you know, for the next 15, 20 years, you're selling pancake mix for fun. Like, I'm trying to build generational wealth out of this. I'm trying to, you know, no, I'm not trying. I am building generational wealth out of this. Like, this is a long-term game. Like, this is a plan. And so our mindset has to change because that's when the industries will start respecting that. They'll start calling us and asking us to give information to other young up-and-coming business entrepreneurs or people who are getting um, trades instead of degrees because they're like, hey, you figured it out. You have a plumbing company, but now you're out here with 13, you know, locations. You're out here trading guys in different states, and they're just, hey, franchising out your brand. There's no way you know rotor rooters in every city and state, but you don't know, you know, uh, uh, Justin, he just, you know, got his same two or three guys that he's been doing it with for 15 years. That stuff gets taxing on your body to where you can never let go of the hustle to enjoy, you know, the, the fruit of your labor. And so our mindset has to change. Like, that's how I feel. We get that. We get that respect. We get those positions and opportunities. That's how we let our work work for us. Um, when we're willing to let go of the small mindset and mentality that we want to change our community only, and then we realize we want to change our community and we want to change the world. Like, we want people to notice us. But that can only happen with us truly starting off with a huge vision. Like, not small. Start small, but let your vision be so big that your, your current gets lost in it because I'm cool with what I can produce right now. But as soon as a, a retailer call and they want 100 cases in 200 stores, bet I'm not going to sleep for two weeks, whatever that look like. I mean, like, no breaks, spray water in my mouth because I'm not stopping. Like, I'm going to have a flower on my elbows because that's <laughs> what I want. Like, I'm, I'm ready for this because I know I can't just have a small idea and expect big things. Like, your idea has to be huge, and it has to be to where you're like, I want my, my, my city to eat. I want to go back to Gary and do great things. Hey, if it rises back up to its former glory, I wouldn't mind being a mayor. You know, I ain't said this out loud ever before, but I thought it. Like, these are ideas and visions that I have, but I have to reach a certain level of greatness first and, and, and get that stamp of value. And just like you see that blue check on social media, you know, when people are, what is that? That's validation. You've been verified, right? So people now know you're an influencer. People listen to you. They trust you. They come to you to see what you're doing and what you're eating and what you're wearing and where you're going because they want to do it too. We got to want that blue verification check from our community and the rest of the world because that's how we become world changers and leaders because I see it changing and it's shifting. It's shifting for women for sure. But I know like going forward, it's really about to get rocky because a lot, a lot of us are catching on. We can't stay in corporate America. Like it, that's not our spot. We have been creators from the beginning. <laughs> that's why they took us because we were over there like living and thriving. We, we were in our country. We were on our homeland thriving. And they wanted to use us to make theirs, you know, the same way we were enjoying ours. So we can't keep building other people's vision. Like that stuff, I'm done. Ain't doing it. <laughs> not, not no more. You know? So, yeah, this got to pop because I got, I got too many people I'm trying to employ. I got too many people I'm trying to, you know, bring out of, you know, poverty and lack mm -hmm. and, you know, transition 
from one mindset to a new mindset that goes far beyond. And even in that, once you get people, like I'm not trying to have employees that stay with me for 40 years. I don't mind if, if my turnaround is two, two years, five years, because you didn't got so, you've gotten so much information from just working around me to where you're like, hey, I'm ready to start my own thing. Hey, this was cute, make your little pancake mix. But look, <laughs> I got some ideas I've been working on. Go ahead. You know, like, let's do that. What resource can I give you? What, hey, what retailer information do you need if you got a product? If you don't have a product, what, what else can I help you with? So that's how we have to think progressive. We have to be progressive in our thoughts about our own vision and then casting it to the rest of the world for them to see the value in it as well. Wow. That's, that's such a good point. You're on like everything that I, that I say a lot in different ways, but same thing. Okay. <laughs> good. Very good. Completely, completely right there on the right track right there with you. Um, you know, for my next question, which kind of ties into, you know, this last one, and I, I like how you kind of ended it kind of off on that, uh, you know, building generational wealth, right? You have some, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different things have been coming out, you know, like kind of like the third quarter of last year where they're saying, you know, black wealth is going to be at zero, you know, all these mm-hmm. different research firms, things like that, you know, do you see entrepreneurship being a way for us to negate those, you know, stereotypes or just, you know, research study polls that are coming out speaking to, speaking to and for the black community? Yes, I do. I, I see entrepreneurship as a way out of that. I see, and, and to be completely honest with you, I see that as the only way out of that. And I say that for two reasons. One, because, so I'm a millennial, and I, I don't, I don't want to assume that you're a millennial too, but you probably are. Um, right. But as a, okay, <laughs> as a millennial, my mindset is nothing like my mother's or like her mother's. Um, or her great or 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 my great grandmother that raised my mom like the mindset is different so with that we in it's almost like innately we want more it's almost like our generation are we're on that whole you not gonna play me like i will work a corporate job to get a check but i'm still gonna have a grind going on that i'm pursuing so i can i can slide you a i quit cake like real swift like i'm not staying here but no 40 years and no pension like that's that's not what I want to do and that's that's the that's the first thing that I believe is going to negate those projections and I pray to God and and again like when I see that kind of stuff I feel I feel saddened because I hate that that is the projection based off of where numbers are now and how things are moving now um but I don't claim that for my own life you know I don't claim that for my life my life or my family um but overall, our dollar, I will say this, our dollar, that's not going to lose power. Like, we may not have wealth as in the mindset or the idea that um, real estate property or I don't know what they're even projecting that off of, but Black people ain't going to be just flat out broke nowhere because our spending power right now is off the charts. Like, we are the largest consumer. So we, we're the spenders. We're the spenders. However, we're not the creators all the time like we should be. We have great ideas, but we're not the creators. And so I see that shifting for the first reason, like I said, with our generation, we know we want more and we know what more looks like. 
We just have to get the resources and the tools to actually manifest that, like to actually make that happen and to put feet to pavement to connect with one another um, and not fight against each other. Like it doesn't matter how many people are doing it. Like that's the first thing we have to overcome. You can do it too. There's so many people out here selling bundles of weave. I don't know what to do. Like it's, it just is. I thought about selling weave and pancakes. I want to do both of them. Like I just, it's, it is lucrative, you know? So that's something people can do. We have to get over that mindset. It doesn't matter who's doing it. If you have a way that you can pursue it, the money in the industry is always going to be there. So you just have to get out of the mindset that I don't have it or I don't want to be seen as just another. Look, ain't nothing out here new. Nothing is new under the sun. So somebody's done it. Somebody's thought about it. Somebody started and probably stopped. But you can always add your own way and your own ways in that industry. The second thing is the next generation coming up, I believe they're not going to take school as the answer to everything. Right. Like I feel like the millennial generation, like we're the last ones that kind of got that, that push to do school more than anything. Like go to school, get you a good job and, you know, get a, a house or whatever. Like those were the goals that our parents had for us. This next generation, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if they care about goals because they're out here living. Like they're out here living their lives and truly enjoying it. And I think they're seeing so many other people with opportunities that their mind is limitless. Like we didn't have the internet. I had, we had AOL dial up. Like I remember downloading so many of them little CDs on the computer, like to start a new 30 day trial of AOL. It don't make no sense. So that was like the dial up era where you didn't have access to the phone and the internet and, you know, TV, like they weren't broadcasting everything in everybody's business. And so now this next generation, they, they're, they're getting a blueprint. Like they literally get to log onto their phones every day, all day. They get to see other people doing great things and taking trips and buying real estate. And they're getting to see stuff we didn't get to see. Like I didn't know people owned houses. I didn't know who owned houses when I was a kid. I didn't, I, it, it wasn't explained to me what real estate was. Flipping houses? What do you mean? Like, I know you can bulldoze some stuff, but what's flipping it? Like, that wasn't the lingo. So now with the exposure, it's opening the mind to say, oh, you want me to sit at a desk? I don't want to sit at a desk. I don't want to go to four or five classes a day and rack up all this debt. Well, I'm going to pay that back. I didn't even want to sit in the class. I didn't even show up that much. Th their mindset isn't going to settle for that. So just in that regard alone, I feel like that's going to shift the projections of our black wealth decreasing or being, you know, depleted because the entrepreneur mindset is unlocked. It's unlocked. And it's definitely something that we should cultivate more so that that black dollar can be generated. And the more that we own, the longer it can stay in our community. Right. If we have, if we have more wealth and more access to things, we're going to shop in our own. Like right now in Gary, there is no Walmart. There is no targeting gear. You have to go to a neighboring city because the city itself is not doing well enough to sustain that kind of economy. Like it's not, a, it's not something other than your little regular mom and pop stores, the little rundown grocery stores from when I was a kid. They're still there. Ran by um, Indians, uh, different cultures. It's not us that own those stores. 
So my point is when you're when when you look at your demographics in your own city and you say, dang, we don't even have a Walmart. That's that means your dollar, your demographics dollar is not being spent in your neighborhood because you don't have nowhere to buy your regular essentials for life. Because if you if you stop at your corner store, that stuff's gonna be sky high. Okay? So you'd rather drive the extra ten miles to Target or Walmart to not spend that with, you know, old dude. With, with just a little paper bag. So on that note, that's when your money starts going out. You know, it starts getting divvied up amongst other people. You can't have a McDonald's. You can't have a, you can have a churches though. I love me some churches. They give us the churches, but they're not going to give you like a whole lot of other eating areas. So there again, your dollar goes out into other communities. It's making them money. It's paying for their, you know, nice parks and neighborhoods and the taxes that go into their environment. So the more that we own stuff, and that can be franchises. Everything does not always have to be a homegrown idea. So that's something else we need to be educated on in this next decade, like for the next generation. Kids that are 10 are going to be 20 by the end of this decade. So think like that's heavy. Start talking to them now about what it is to franchise. Okay, if your mom don't have a recipe or your dad didn't teach you a skill, you can franchise you a Chick-fil-A, a McDonald's. Uh, get you a wash uh, a washer rack, a laundromat. They call them washer racks back home. But get you a washer rack. Um, get you uh, learn how to clean and steam clothes. Get you a a, a, a cleaners. People always don't want their stuff pressed, right. especially if you move into a nice neighborhood and men play golf. They bring their little shorts and their khakis up in there every week for you. Okay, go ahead, get the money, cause other people don't mind doing it. So these are need based services. So the more we get out of having bad services, tennis shoes are, are nice, but the value. What are people going to always give you money for without thinking twice about it? And so that's how we can capitalize and make sure our dollars don't deplete because we're always needed. And trust me, people need us. They just don't know it yet. So um, I think the projections are fair given off of the, the, the track that has been, but I feel like we definitely have time to, to steer that boat into a different direction before we even get there, as long as we take the time to educate ourselves and grab hold to the resources that are floating around every single day. And it starts with G and ends with E, Google. <laughs> every day. So true. Research. Research. No, this, this you, hit, you hit, the, hit the nail not. I mean, so to give a little bit of background, you know, what we're doing with, with HBCU startups to kind of combat this is we have big HBCU pride, right? We go mm -hmm. to homecomings, we go to uh, basketball games, football games, Celebration Bowl is a new thing now, CIA, yeah. you know, all types of tournaments, things like that. We're buying, we're buying things on, you know, when you go back, we're selling products, services, uh, going to all the events for the party promoters that went to the schools. There's mm -hmm. nothing online now, like for all of us to support online every day. So yeah. we've started our HBC marketplace. We've been in beta for it, but now we're ready, like locked and loaded to roll it out. So we're nice. at this because HBC pride is big, right? People support people that go to their schools, things like that. Don't support other mm -hmm. schools through this competition, but there's no type of ecosystem that's built out yet until now where we all connect, right? 
Yes, yes. Uh, trade from one another, not just people from HBCU, but HBCUs as a whole being that platform, that ecosystem that help other people in the Black community. So, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's our overarching goal. So, like, professors that have books can sell, deans that have books can sell, uh, yes. that have T-shirts, hats. For example, even you, you have cake mix, uh, hair, right? Like, everything... Mm-hmm. In, like getting people to buy in and see the value and circulate that dollar and like our big thing is we want to give investment opportunities so we have a subscription-based business so like for those of you guys that are listening like really pay close attention like for amazon it's you know it's costing people 40 dollars unless you have a you know the cheaper regular personal subscription with them but they're taking control of your shipping you don't have any time to set it they take it from you which isn't a bad can tell be- me about it yeah, it can be a good or a bad thing depending on your business, right? So yeah, Amazon is like Amazon is out here strangling folks, okay, right. with their bare hands. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, they have grabbed my edges up multiple times, and we right. so yeah we. It's it's a great platform. It's there. It's they've built it, but at the same time, it's really not a fair platform for for businesses. I can't even lie; it's not fair. Right. So it just it just depends on you know you give or take. Some people like it, you know. As you see your experience, I listen to people like that. So like, we let people build their own stores on there, and like we don't limit to them how many products they can have on there. We give them unlimited mm-hmm. range. Uh, we let them able to post content articles to drive traffic to their store because sure you can get it great. Store, but like, how are you really driving traffic to get on that? You need content, right? You need content. Mm-hmm. Like, you need very good sales and marketing strategy to drive traffic to that store, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be a mix of both. But so, you know, like with all that being said, it's like that's like one of our ways. So that's why I, tonight you, you've been one of the first people that's really challenged me, like, and really thought that really kind of gets it right. And it's not just mm-hmm. your business, it's about your community. So, like, that's why I want to touch on it. You guys, when like, absolutely we, we buy in and we really like see the value in others and help others. Not always about, mm-hmm. you know, sharing a mission. Sure, money helps, but sharing a mission or, you know, picking up the other hand is really helpful, people, for those that are listening. And it can bring you more. Yeah. It can bring you more business. It can bring you more opportunities. And, you know, you may go down sometimes if people can help you out. Like, that's just real. But yeah. Uh, for my last question, I guess, uh, what are some of your guys' goals for, tw- you know, for 2020 that you guys want people to really know and just tell them, to, you know, tell them, you know, where they can follow you guys at. And, you know, that's pretty much it. We've been on here almost an hour. It's been a great call. Great yeah, call. it has been. Now, I don't know. Well, I didn't, you know, say, but I was a, my husband and I both, before we moved to Texas, we lived in Mississippi, and that's where he's from. And we were radio show hosts. Okay. So I am a communicator by through and through. So talking is what I do. I'm a stay-at-home wife and mother as well as an entrepreneur. So I'm around a two and a four-year-old all day. So when I get some good adult dialogue, you know, (laughs) I can go. So yeah, but um, so our future, our goals for 2020 as a business is to definitely, as I said earlier, to gain more exposure, awareness, and access. Um, We're finding that we have definitely come up on some big people's radars. Um, we get calls all the time, every day. Is something new popping off in our DM or 
Um, we're getting emails and calls from companies in Los Angeles, people that want to represent us, want to help us to get press and all of this other stuff. And they're great opportunities, um, but you just have to know, you know, like what your intentions are and like, again, what your vision is. So for us in 2020, we want to make sure that we collaborate and that we are engaging uh, with the right people and like with the right audiences. Um, because all exposure, you know, some say all exposure, any exposure is good, but I'm not really trying to end up on a shade room unless. <laughs> yeah, you said they're popular. No, I said unless it's something positive, right? Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, um, that that kind of exposure would be good to get eyes on you, but you kind of want people, you want the exposure that's going to be a community or, um, uh, people who are going to buy and be consumers or, you know, make that switch to say, I'm no longer buying Aunt your mama. Now that I know the story, you know, now that I know why your brand exists and what you're doing, I would very much rather, you know, see you guys blow up and have those spots on the shelves and have your story out there, you know, wider known and received. So we're making sure that we're being very um, intentional about how we align ourselves with other people in business and in our collaborations and on their platforms because it matters. That's why this platform is so um, awesome because I'm like, yes, we need more people, especially young people that can hear the message and also have that drive and passion um, to connect with and support. And even if it's not buying and being a consumer, it can be just sharing and say, dang, I just found a black owned pancake, a wonderful mix. Like they coming for Aunt Mama next. Like I'm not really coming for the woman on the box or the bottle, she cute. I want the guys that's getting those checks, though. <laughs> Ain't nobody that looks like that woman on the bottle getting no money. And so that's a problem for me. Um, so, yeah, 2020, those are our goals, to collaborate, to do some strong um, press, to get out there more. We're definitely um, doing retail, you know, pursuing retail, getting out there. Uh, we'll be launching on a very big platform well, with a very big retailer online in the next week or so. So we'll do a campaign um, to release that for formally to go ahead and make that official. And so really we just want people to look out for us and to share our brand and gather back, bring families back to the table. We want to, we want to, we've been sharing pictures of everybody that tastes that tried that buy, but we want to get more families like at the table, smiling, cheesing. Like I want the culture of happiness, you know, all on our grid. Like people, just enjoying breakfast together again, laughing, talking, sharing how their week was, um, building a tradition around that time together. Um, friend girls, guys, you know, after they play basketball, it comes to the house, let's do some, you know, I'll make some pancakes for us. For real? Yeah, that's what I want. And I want my bag in the middle of the table. So, <laughs> you know, um, we're just trying to bring that feel back that, that lets you enjoy life and just slow down and enjoy the time with the ones you love. So the takeover is real. Um, we're doing it with pancakes. I know it's not a, a big political movement or, you know, uh, fighting for any right for justice. All of that is important in the grand scheme of things. We're building healthier people and healthier connections and relationships. And we just ask for that support. So you can find us on Instagram at Vicky Cakes Pancake Mix and on Facebook at Vicky Cakes Pancakes and Waffle Mix. And uh, check us out on Amazon and online on our website at vickycakesonline.com. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. This has been a pleasure tonight, Christian. You are awesome. This has been Oh, thank you. Probably been the just gonna put it out. Probably been the one of the best ones. I had another great one today earlier, but this has probably been the best one all right. <laughs> so awesome. you. you actually went over other ones, so like that lets you know you kept kept my attention. Uh well I'll definitely do after this webinar. Uh okay. So uh, you guys, please check out this business. This is very important. We're going to close out here for the night. This has been a great episode five. You guys, we knocked out five podcast episodes to kick off 2020. You guys are on a roll. Let's keep it going. Great. Please share with a friend that has a business. Our main goal and initiative this year is to highlight a podcast and businesses every week. We want to do multiple like this every night. So if you guys have friends and family, share, 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 share. Uh, right now we've already booked 50. We're going, we've probably got like five, <laughs> five more, five more entries, but we're going to knock out these 50 within the next two months. So you guys, please stay tuned for all our updates. If you have any questions, feel free to message HBC startups on Instagram. You can reach out to us directly, uh, HBC startups at gmail.com or support at HBC startups.com. Uh, HBC news podcast, of course, that's our main podcast for HBCU alum guys this has been great uh i see you guys liking i see you sharing i see you commenting but i need to see you subscribe so thank you again christian and uh you guys thank you this business it is very much important and you know buy black you know sure think local think online you know it's convenient it's fast uh mm -hmm. you guys connect with them but definitely support people that look like you and the most interesting thing i, I want you guys to really think of tonight is that blackface does exist in corporate America. Mm -hmm. She basically, you guys, gave you a real example of blackface being used on Aunt Jemima. How many of y'all mm -hmm. been playing Aunt Jemima your whole life? And now you're like, wow, that's not a real person, which some of you guys probably know. But two, who are the people that are taking those checks, like you said? So really put that in some consideration and uh, do your research to see if those people really give back to your community. But thank you. It's been a great night. HBC Startups out. I will follow up with you right after this, Christian. So be on the lookout for that. All right. Have a great night. Bye. You too. Bye.